0: Welcome to the Eating Your Cake 2 Podcast. I'm your host, Claire Sieber, Global Career and Leadership Coach, Facilitator, Speaker and Founder of Eating Your Cake 2, a business focused on helping you take control of your career and leadership success. Right here on this podcast, you'll learn how to amplify your influence, accelerate your career growth, create real presence and have a true impact learning the tools and strategies that you need to show up with more courage, more confidence, and more clarity. Are you ready? Let's do it. Meet Ashley Spears. Ashley is a female inclusion and diversity champion who is over the talk and all about the action to address gender equity. Ashley is a mom of two young boys and is working on her PhD, which aims to provide a framework for success to improve female inclusion and diversity in the workplace. Ashley is also the Executive Officer for CEOs for Gender Equity, an organization that believes that gender equity is not about fixing women, nor is it about fixing men. It is about fixing workplaces. I think you'll love this episode of the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. Let's dive in. Alrighty. Well, Ashley, welcome to the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. I am thrilled to have you here with us today and sharing a little bit about your story.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I am delighted to be here and can't wait to get stuck in.
0: Now, we, I have been very blessed already to have had the opportunity to chat with you a little bit about your background and a little bit about your world. And I'm, I'm excited. I love, I already know that I'm fangirling over you. And I love the, I love the, just the authenticity and the honesty and, and just how open you have been even with me so far, sharing a little bit about your, not just your career journey, but even your life kind of journey to date and we're going to touch a little bit on that theme today but before we get into that for the people who don't know you and haven't met you before do you want to share with the listeners a little bit about just who you are what you do and what a day in your life is like
1: absolutely so really I am a girl from Northern Ireland who has made her way to Western Australia and is just absolutely living the dream I feel really fortunate to be here and I think it's the best place in the world to live and work (laughs) and experience and so that journey really happened 11 years ago. I got married just before I moved to Australia and it was a case of get married, do you go to the settle down, buy a home, have a family or take a punt and try a new experience and what's the worst that can happen. So that's what we did 11 years ago. I knew very quickly that I would settle here and knew pretty quickly it was somewhere special. So here we are. I also am a mum of two beautiful boys. They're age five and six. So they're definitely a big driving force in who I am and and what I do. In terms of work-wise, I am really lucky to work in the field of gender equity. Mm. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. I've also been on a, a bit of a professional development journey over the last few years in that I have commenced a PhD opportunity, so I've been really challenged and inspired by that journey so far. It's been one of the hardest things I've ever done, but also one of the most rewarding. And The goal for my PhD project is to provide a framework and guide for success to help organisations take the steps they need to to achieve gender equity outcomes so I'm a really a practical person at heart so this project really sits well with that and uh, there is a, a big call out in the industry for that mm-hmm. really practical advice so so far so good on the journey definitely in terms of a typical day my goodness <laughs> very varied but I stick to a very rough routine of getting up Doing a little bit of work first thing, then I get my kids ready for school. I now do the school drop-off every day, which I absolutely love and just helps me to fill my cup a little bit at the start of the day. I then would come home or go straight to the office, get on with a little bit more work and meeting. At the end of the day, I like to wrap it up with some exercise. I think that's really important and really helps with you know mental health and, and well-being and helps me to just recharge. And regroup of the day. Next comes the the good old dinner and bedtime routine, (laughs) which we we can't avoid. I do I pick my kids up from school three days a week as well, which I absolutely love. And then in the evening comes a bit of study time, and I like to wrap it up with a bit of a Netflix binge on at least one episode where I just (laughs) sit off, talk to no one, and you know just really regroup, try and catch up with girlfriends. Once a week, and maybe go out for dinner with my partner, catch up with friends, have some fun, go on some adventures at the weekend. So, that's about it in a nutshell.
0: Love it. You've well and truly got your hands full. I think that comes through very clearly when you talk about what you what you've got on in your world. But what an exciting and kind of varied plate you've got. And I'm particularly excited to to see the PhD when that kind of is is wrapped up and comes to life. I think you you're spot on people, people and organizations need practical, practical guidance of, of like we, we can see the issue, we know there's the the issue and the challenge, but what can we what can we do to close the gap so I think that's going to be very well received, I also I think it's amazing If you're able to sit and watch just one Netflix episode a night, you're doing very well. I'm terrible. That's why I just can't even start sometimes at night because I know if I start, I'll just be like, just one more, just one more, just one more. (laughs) And then it's like 2, 3 a.m. in the morning. It's not a good habit, not a good habit at all. So... Tell me, I love love hearing about your, your background and, and what you're doing now and a little bit about your world. And we've, we've touched on the fact that you've recently stepped into a, a new role as the Executive Officer for CEOs for Gender Equity, which sounds like an incredible place to, to be and, and a role to hold where you can really drive meaningful change and, and have a genuine impact. So tell us a little bit about what, what that
1: role involves and, and what you're doing in it. Great, absolutely. So I, first and foremost, I really feel it's two months in and I feel like I've got the best job in the world. <laughs> I'm absolutely loving it. And I'm just it's just further pumped the, the inspiration inside me for what we can do and the appetite for real change. The great news story is I was actually sponsored into this role which I think is a great practical insight into the power of sponsorship. So I was sponsored into the role by my previous CEO who sits on the board and I actually know my predecessor. Well, I built up a good relationship. And when I knew that she was moving on, I didn't even think about going for the job, didn't even cross Mm -hmm. my mind. And so to be tapped on the shoulder and for someone to say, Hey, I think you're really capable. Um, I'm nominating you for the role that will that experience will sit with me for the rest of my life and has has really um, changed my life so I'm so appreciative of that the CEOs for gender equity is a non-for-profit member-based organization and we're all about inspiring and supporting CEOs to accelerate gender equity outcomes we are really focused on dismantling the systemic barriers in the workplace Mm. which hinder gender equity and so really it's about the you know the appetite for change is there the business case has been proven let's not talk about that anymore let's get on with the job so what we do is we share best practice between our members in terms of what they're doing what's worked what hasn't worked and why in order to fast track our members on their gender equity journey. So there's no point in reinventing the wheel. What we wanna do is engage and provide that peer to peer support. And it's also providing a really safe environment to do that. So you new know, gender equity is really complicated. I've been studying it for two years and I don't have all the answers. Mm-hmm. So for our CEOs where gender equity is certainly a big part of their job and, and should be, we're really supportive of acknowledging where people are at on their journey and what support they need. So really that providing that practical advice is a big part of the role. We also engage with government to try and support them to use policy and procurement to help drive gender equity outcomes. Because I feel like what's been happening is over the last couple of years, the profile of gender equity has really raised up. And so, again, companies get it. They understand they need to take action, but the carrot approach has not been driving change fast enough. Mm. So, if we look at some of the key gender equity areas of progress, yes, there is change, but it's at a glacially slow pace. Mm, yeah. And that's not good enough. So, the carrot approach. Is, isn't working isn't having as much impact as what is required so what we're saying is let's use a little bit of the stick to just really force the issue front and center and what we typically find is when organizations are converted and make some changes they see they have that eureka moment they see the change in behavior they see the, the change in the conversations how decisions are approached the way new ideas come through and they get it. So we're just about trying to drive action and bring everybody on the journey. In terms of what my role involves, it's first and foremost supporting all our existing members. Mm-hmm. We've I've also got a big focus to try and engage and inspire more CEOs to come on the journey. And we also have, you know, our members have these amazing insights which we have captured in commitment statements, the gender equity and recorded conversations where we delve into the business case in each of our members. And they've also got all these ad hoc, amazing good news stories of things which have really turned the dial in their organization. So we're having a big marketing and communications overhaul to really bring all those stories above the line in order to, again, inspire and engage and fast track other CEOs on the journey and as i mentioned the government advocacy piece is really important to us as well because we feel like if we can engage with the government to mm. you know provide some support for their suppliers to come on the journey but also give a bit of an incentive by putting some some targets with taste in there
0: you have got a lot Happening in that space, clearly, which is fantastic. And I mean, I think what a great initiative and and an organisation to bring the heads of some of the biggest companies in in the country together and actually pull, pull our heads together and talk about what can we do. We've acknowledged the problem. Now, what can we actually do about it and learn from each other collaboratively? So I, I think that's fantastic and it's great to hear from you and even, you know, I, obviously people are just listening, but I have the, the pleasure of being able to see you at the moment and even as you're talking about it, I can see your face light up with the opportunities that this role holds. And, and we touched really briefly on, even before we jumped on the call around how great it is to be, able to, to be able to create a role for yourself and a life for yourself in a space that you're deeply passionate about. So, I can see that come through so clearly, even in the way that you talk. And I want to, I'd love to switch gears, just we'll come back to this obviously, but I'd love to switch gears for a little bit because I know based on the first conversation that we had, you haven't always been in a space where it's felt easy and, and fulfilling. And you've certainly, you know, you shared with me specifically a couple of moments, one pivotal moment, I think, in particular in your life for you that you would put put as being the catalyst for for the way that everything changed for you in terms of your mindset and then the action that you actually took off that so are you are you open to are you happy to share a little bit about that experience with the listeners
1: i absolutely am happy and i also think it's really important that we take opportunities like this to share just the reality and i think with the you know the rise in social media there's a lot of a lot of fronts are are put on, mm-hmm. and the reality is we all know from conversations with our close girlfriends that actually things aren't always as they seem, and that was really the case for me. So I'm really happy to to give a little bit of background and then certainly share what that key moment looked like to to try and inspire other mm-hmm. women to 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 come on the journey. So as I mentioned, I got married. Just before i moved to australia so i was 24 when i got married which is was quite young and like i said shortly shortly afterwards moved to australia so lots of big things happening shortly after moving to australia the the marriage and the relationship did take a turn for the worse and it ended up being quite toxic to be honest so naturally i am and always have been a really glass half full person So my nature said, don't give up, things will get better, you know, try and keep the family unit together, work through it. And I can confidently say, I really tried all of the above. But about four years ago, things really came to a head. So I thought I was doing a really good job of keeping up the front, that things were fine, things were great and one evening I had a good friend come for dinner and she saw the dynamics in the household, the the family dynamics, the relationship dynamics and before she left that night she took me to the side and she said Ash you have lost your sparkle and it gives me goosebumps to think about that moment because it was really shocking and really mm. confronting for me to hear that. And my initial reaction was defensive. Oh, mm-hmm. not me. No, don't be silly. You know, things aren't that bad. They'll, you know, we'll work through it. And she just, that night, I remember this had this moment in the shower and I was thinking to myself, okay, I'm 32. Reality is I'm absolutely miserable. I have been for quite some time. And it's starting to get to the stage where it is sucking the life out of me. And my friend is absolutely bang on. And this is not good enough. This is not what I want for the rest of my life. So from this point forward, I'm going to get comfortable with being at peace with the decision that this is the right thing to do to make a change, to end the relationship and go on a new path. And what was the new path? The new path was accepting that every avenue had been explored yeah. to try and salvage things, make changes, you know, change dynamics, change practical things, working on a project with the house. My, my ex-husband was going through career changes and So, the change was saying we've tried all of this, tried counseling, it's not going to work. And that's fine. That's okay. Mm. And almost immediately, when I had a discussion with my ex partner, there was like a big weight off both of our shoulders, to be honest. And we really were both in agreement that it was going to be the best thing, whilst it was going to be hard to separate and the practicality and the logistics of it all, we decided that it really was the best thing for the children and for us individually and us as a husband and wife to go our separate ways.
0: Yeah, it was a huge, a huge life changing. Decision and, and I, I'm sure there are so there's so much involved in in being able to step back and reflect and be really honest with yourself about where you're at at that point as well. And I feel like that that's almost part one is is kind of being honest with yourself about where you're actually at, which it sounds like you did when you're talking about you know being in the shower and just reflecting. But you know that that part of knowing is just one part, isn't it? Then there's actually the taking action on that decision and being able to back yourself and trust yourself that 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 is the right decision and so how did you how did you continue to kind of show up and keep backing yourself and know that that this was the right decision even though I'm sure it was incredibly incredibly difficult
1: yes it it was incredibly difficult there's no doubt about that one thing which really served me well is I'm naturally a really positive person Mm. so having that positive mental attitude knowing it was going to be an absolute nightmare going through you know selling a house moving into my own finding my own place moving the kids schools daycares financial separate I mean I just knew it was going to be a mountain but knowing that the end result was going to be something really positive that kept me going. I also really started to have a focus on exercise, Mm -hmm. which in all honesty, that had slipped really off the radar in any kind of priority. I was in survival mode then. So I had no time to think about exercise or self care. So I started making time for that. And I feel like that being outdoors and running and cycling Mm -hmm. really during that really intense time helped to get that endorphins get the fresh air regroup and be have that energy to come back and tackle you know the the bedtime routine the catching up with work the separation paperwork so exercise was a big part of the physical and and mental journey to help me get through I also was quite i I'm really practical, so once once the we had the conversation, I got a really razor sharp plan in place. okay, what you know did my research? what do we need? this separation form what's next? This paperwork, this meeting, I need to get things verified by this person, so having a real razor sharp plan on what needed to be done helped to take the burden off feeling like it was a complete minefield because when you just take the time to do some research it's not that bad so that really helped having a clear plan of being able to tick off key milestones I did a lot of self-reflection after that and so just that definitely helped as part of the the journey and to to keep me going knowing that I really was in starting to lose myself and knowing that and being honest and accepting that but also seeing the potential of what the future could bring coming from that point and really just being at, at peace with the decision like I said could have ended it a year or two beforehand and was almost going to but it just didn't sit right with me and so when the time came that the decision was made to finalize things I was really at peace with it and that to me was a big part of making me feel at, at ease and confident that it was the right thing at the right time all avenues in my practical mind all avenues have been exhausted sorry not gonna work let's get on with the job of paving the new pathway
0: yeah it sounds sort of like listening to you talk through kind of how you worked through that and how you kept showing up like you have really tapped into that balance of the the introspective mindset piece and reflecting and and being honest with myself and open, open with myself, but then also kind of taking that time, being really intentional about taking the time for yourself as well to, to just be and feel and do whatever you needed to through exercise. But then also that kind of practical side of the brain too, that's like, okay, well, I can sit and I can reflect on it, but I also need to take, build momentum and take, the next step forward and the next step forward and the next step forward even if they're small steps once I can see them laid out like that in a plan it feels achievable and that's the thing almost to keep you being able to kind of follow through on such a difficult decision so I think that's kind of great great insight and I'm curious to know as well you know you're obviously on the other side now and what are you what lessons do you feel like you've learned? along the way around just the importance of really doing what is right
1: for you as an individual? Well, the first thing I would say is I'm actually annoyed with myself for putting on so much of a front and for not being more open and honest, even with some of my closest friends. I'm really annoyed with myself about that. So one of the biggest lessons that I've learned on is to be even if it's not good news to be more open and honest and what I find by doing that is you actually get a lot back not only in the support which if you're really frank about where you're at with your close circle the support and advice that you can get and I was really blown away that when I did the bit of a kind of announcement that the separation was over how everyone was like, Ash, why didn't you tell us? What can we do? Let me look after the kids for you, go and get a massage, go for a coast walk. What can we do? And I just wish I had have done that sooner. So there's what like the opportunity cost of I could have got some more support and maybe not to not have got to such a you know low point, and it also shine the light on what I found when when I was being really open and honest that in turn it sparks conversations it gives people kind of the the green light to, to do the same to you so I've actually found since then that from talking about my experience in the separation I've had friends colleagues clients open up with me and seek advice and almost get a bit of coaching on them going through a similar scenario so a big lesson is I think we've got a responsibility as women to try not try and carry the load all the time and if we talk about these seemingly taboo subjects it will help us all on our journey whether it's you might get you know give someone the perspective or advice where things may still work out for them or you could be the catalyst to someone else going on you know fast forwarding the inevitable in terms of you know the importance of doing what's right for you in hindsight now I can see that the the drain of the relationship was affecting me as a person and coming through the other side and even in those early days just simply for making the decision there was this sense of relief and I've really been on this journey of rediscovery and it's been the most empowering thing I can describe, just having the, 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 the head space, the physical space with co-parenting to rediscover who's Ash, what's she all about. Gosh, I had so much fun along the way and just really got my spirit back and just rediscovered who I am and, and really got my flow and my mojo back. I definitely feel like I've got a whole new lease of life. I feel like because the the relationship was taking so much of my physical and mental energy, I couldn't see the potential to do anything else other than survive whereas now that I've got a, you know, a decent flow of of co-parenting, now I feel like I've got wow, what okay, I've got time. What can I do? You know, something for me. And the reality is that from being having that space to rediscover myself, I am a much more, I'm a better mum. I'm a better friend. I'm a better partner to, to my new partner. I'm a better employee because my cup is full. I'm all over it and I'm loving it. And that comes through in every aspect of life. So, you know it can be overlooked the importance of what comes from looking after yourself and what flows from that
0: I love everything that you are saying Ashley and I think that's so particularly the first part you were saying around just not sharing enough of your world with people and I know that hit me particularly at the moment because I had almost a similar experience myself with a friend a few days ago where I'd been just holding and holding on to some really negative stuff and you almost drown in your own thoughts and you don't share it with people because you think oh they're busy or they've got stuff or you know I don't it's not going to come out the way I want it to or whatever whatever the reasons are that we don't and the second that we do it's like a pressure valve is let up let off and and you feel seen and heard and and also have this realization that you're actually not alone in your thinking and and other people are you know having I mean maybe not the same experience but understand or have had similar experiences or they open up about the things that they're struggling with and it just really comes back to that power of vulnerability doesn't it and the power of of real connection so I I truly deeply resonate with that part of what you say but but also just the finding yourself again and and getting really curious about who I am and what I care about and what are the things that I enjoy and and what lights me up and being really open, open to that, to that space. So I I love everything that you're saying. And I am curious to know, you know, if there are people listening in at the moment that feel like they have, lost a little bit of their sparkle and, and you know, maybe are sitting, listening in with that heavy chest or that gulp in their throat because they're feeling like it's all hitting a little bit close to home. What, what advice would you have for them on
1: where to start? I think the first important step is take some time away from screens, away from hustle and bustle, somewhere quiet in nature and reflect where are you at how do you feel are there any areas of your life whether it be relationships friends parenthood work study which you're not comfortable with and so reflection is that first key piece for me secondly open up about it you know you know engage with a good friend and ask for a really you know safe conversation to explore how you're feeling and get another perspective on it. I think from there, if you've identified there is something which is just niggling or quite significantly draining you in some aspect, next thing is, what's the plan? Do some research. What are the options? What can be changed? And come up with a bit of a plan and get visual with it so that you can visually... And conceptualize what you need to do, Mm. and take the first step. Sometimes that's the hardest thing, you know. Whenever I googled that separation form, I was like, "Wow, like this this is happening." But I was like, "Yep, this is it. Download, Mm. fill it in. Just force yourself to take that first step, because when you do, the whole thing starts flowing from there. So come up with a plan and just systematically work your way through it engage ideally maybe engage some more perspective because I find that you know different different friends or different people in your group can bring something new to the conversation so definitely open up to those who you love and trust and likewise I think asking the question in return as well and probing a little bit within your close circle again can provide some perspective and really help build a bit of a, a rapport and a, and a really close circle of, of advice so those would be the main things you know take the time you know to it's so important to take the time out to reflect on where you're at and really how you feel soundboard some ideas come up with a plan execute the plan and for me i find that once i started the ball rolling things fell into place mm. from there and then you just keep going
0: yeah great advice practical methodical and small small steps that build momentum i think is the key absolutely fantastic now i have two more questions for you the first one i ask all of my guests which is whether you've got... It's a 2 part So whether you've got a, a book or a quote or a piece of advice that you can confidently say has had an impact on you. And then the second question is how can people get in touch with you? Because I'm very sure probably following this episode that
1: they would want to reach out. Sure. So first and foremost... My reading is all academic at the minute, so (laughs) with my PhD, I can't say, you know, there's anything just particularly, you know, inspiring there, so to speak, but I really, it's quotes for me, short and snappy quotes, so I've got three, which I'd love to share. Love it. The first one is, fortune favours the bold. So I just, I get a buzz from pushing myself outside my comfort Mm. zone you know this this talk this concept of imposter syndrome i have it all the time but you know what i absolutely wing it and you know i always come out the other side so i think you know it's important to be bold challenge ourselves because the buzz that you get is actually really empowering and inspiring and it can be you know it could be work it could be travel you know i i taught english in china for six months when i was like 21 moved to Australia when I was 24 and it's been the bold moves that have been some of the best decisions of my mm-hmm. life so
0: love really it. love
1: that one and um, two <laughs> words just two words I think every day is a blessing every day is an opportunity and so for me I literally have a little jump out of bed in the morning these days I just can't get enough of you know what the day can hold and what impact I can have on the world honestly Mm -hmm. that's what really drives me every day and finally a bit of a reflective one everything happens for a reason not everything has worked out as I thought in Mm -hmm. my life so far but as it turns out something it's always created the pathway which has led to something better so even in the moment if something doesn't work out That's okay. You learn from it, you Mm -hmm. reflect on it and you move on and you accept that that just wasn't part of your journey. So those are probably three of the cheesy, but I think good quotes, which help to me to have shaped who I am and who I continue to be. Finally, getting connected would love that. I definitely (laughs) welcome anyone getting on board who needs some support or advice based on what I've spoken about from a a personal perspective Mm -hmm. Or from a professional perspective, anyone who is really keen to learn some of what we're doing at CEOs for Gender Equity or through my PhD. My email address is ashley, A-S-H-L-E-Y, at CEOsforGenderEquity.com.au. You can check out our website. And I'm on Twitter with C-G-E underscore CEO. And on LinkedIn, linkedin linkedin.com forward slash I-N forward slash Ashley Spears with a double A. Fabulous. And we'll pop links to all of those things in the
0: show notes or so I'll pop by a link to your email, your LinkedIn, your Twitter and the CEOs for gender equity site as well, just in case there are people listening in that want to get their organization involved in that as well. And I love your three, your three quotes, you're right, simple but effective and all serve a purpose to help ourselves keep driving ourselves Board. well Ashley I feel like I could sit here and talk to you all day we should totally do it again ideally with a glass of wine or a gin oh,
1: you talking my language
0: <laughs> love it but thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today it's been an absolute pleasure having you and I can't wait to hear all of the incredible bits of wisdom that you've
1: shared that our listeners then go and put into practice in their own lives as well Thank you so much for having me and keep up your amazing work yourself.
0: Well, that's it for another episode of the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. It has been amazing to have you here and I am always so grateful for you taking the time to pop me in your ears as you go about your day or night. Remember to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Eating Your Cake 2 and if we aren't connected on LinkedIn yet, reach out and say hi thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then I would love if you would leave a review so that others can find the podcast and come and hang out with me here too. Until next episode, you've got this. You can do it. You are doing it. And remember to back yourself and what you have to offer. Hey there, thanks for hanging on and thank you again so much for listening to the podcast. I truly love having you with me, but I want to make sure that you know if you're ready to work together exactly how we can do it. The first way is through my game-changing Transform Your Career six-week accelerator program. This six-week online program is for busy professional women who are ready to regain control of their career and leadership once and for all. Go from feeling like just another employee to an in-demand asset in your company. Stop feeling lost, stuck and unmotivated and instead feel confident, worthy of earning more and armed with the tools to go out and get what you want. The Transform Your Career Accelerator cuts the crap and gets right to the key levers that you need to be pulling to ensure you are seen, heard and noticed at work add to this an epic group of like-minded women all coming together to share insights learnings and to build a new network along the way if this sounds like something you need then join the waitlist now the link is in the show notes the second way you can work with me is through my private one-on-one coaching program where i only take a very limited number of clients each year by application my six month private programs are for you if you know you need tailored coaching and guidance now. You want a container of space and time just for you to work through your exclusive and unique goals. You don't want to wait for the wait list in my other programs because you know you want access to my brain and my experience all to yourself. If this sounds like you, then book a free call in my diary today and let's chat. Lastly, if you want me in your organization to come and share my tried and tested knowledge with your team on how we can all collectively elevate our own leadership and career success, then jump on my website and download the services info pack or grab it from the link in the show notes. Thanks again for listening.